How's it going, everybody? This is Chris. Welcome to episode 360 of X-Lapsed, uh, otherwise known as X-Lapsed 360, which uh, yeah, you might confuse with a video game console or a news program, but um, I'm sad to report that it's not as interesting as either of those things. Instead, uh, we're going to be talking about an issue of Wolverine today, which, uh, hey, it's actually, you know, it's a fun issue. A lot of the Wolverine issues we cover on this show are uh, very, very fun, but... Uh, I have, you know, this old chestnut where we have this problem with Wolverine issues as it pertains to things like analysis, because while I enjoy them a great deal, there really isn't much to say after after the fact. But we'll get there when we get there. Uh, now, this episode was one that I've sat on for a little while. Um, sat on as in just haven't recorded. The script's been written, I've read the issue a couple times over, been ready to record, but... Uh, well, if you listen to last episode, you'll know that I had a minor, may, perhaps major, I don't know, it was a health scare, <laughs> is uh, what I'm trying to say here. One that I'm still kind of feeling the effects of. If you didn't listen to that episode, um, well, I can't blame you, but um, <laughs> I'll explain a little bit here, a little quick and dirty. The other day, just uh, out of the blue, um, my body started to act very, very peculiarly. Um, my... Uh, Throat closed up. I lost vision in my eye, my left eye. Uh, came back all blurry for a while, and uh, had numbness in my extremities, and really wasn't sure what was going on. I I thought I was dying for uh, for a moment there, and uh, turned out it was not that. I thought maybe it was an allergic reaction or something, because it read a lot like anaphylactic shock. Maybe it was that. I don't know. Um, the doctor seems to think that it was uh, stress related. A pretty severe um, panic attack or anxiety attack, which I honestly thought I was past that stage. I, you know, dealt with a lot of anxiety issues throughout my life and just thought that, uh, I thought that that book was closed, but uh, apparently not. Um, I've never had one manifest in this sort of way. As it stands now, um, most, I've mostly gone back to normal here. I still have a bit of tightness in my throat. I don't know... Uh, if or when it'll go away um, I suppose if nothing else I could just take this as a sort of wake-up call Not to ignore um, You know, concerns and worries on the periphery or Not not to keep them on the periphery There are some things in real life That are um, kind of an upheaval right now um, Considering making some major changes And um, if you've listened to any of my programs For the past, you know, six, seven years now You'll know that that's not my strong suit So, uh I didn't think that uh, that these things were that pressing on my mind or on my uh, psyche, but 
Well, I guess the body knows, doesn't it? Um, anyway, that's not what we're here to discuss today. Um, though uh, I do want to say that I think two or three people reached out after that episode and said, Hey, I'm glad you're not dead. And uh, that's two or three people more than I thought would do such a thing. So thank you so much for that. Um, but... Eh, maybe we'll talk more about that another time. Let's uh, hop into today's book here, which is Wolverine, Volume 7, Number 21, July 2022, cover date. The story's called Glory Days. Written by Benjamin Percy, with art by Adam Kubert. Colors, Frank Martin. Letters, VCs, Corey Padilla. Designs, Muller and Bowen. Head of X, Deadpool. Well, you couldn't do a worse job than the last one. Uh, edits, Baumgartner, Basso, White, Sabolski, cover price four bucks. This one allegedly went on sale May the 18th of 2022. Now, we pick up pretty much right where we left off last issue. We were talking about a briefcase, right? Deadpool's got that briefcase, Wolverine wants that briefcase, and so we have ourselves a little bit of a chase. Now, just like last issue, the first few pages of this issue have a very interesting panel layout. Really, really cool-looking stuff here. The panels are broken up to kind of look like a mosaic, almost like a stained-glass window effect here. The art itself doesn't look stained-glassy, but the panel layout is, if that makes any sense. Really, really nice-looking stuff, though this issue's a little less straightforward in the storytelling as last issue was. Uh, if you remember, last issue had Wolverine like chasing down a truck on his motorcycle, this time it's all about the uh, the briefcase and this chase, and there's a little bit of a hoodoo with the handcuffs that were attached to the briefcase, which, if you remember last issue, the briefcase was handcuffed to a CIA-type fella, and this scene somehow ends with Wade and Logan being handcuffed together. Like, there's no handcuff on the briefcase, and it's... I don't know. It's it's weird, but uh, it, it's comedy, and it works, and it's uh, it's pretty to look at. From here, we get our double-page spread of roll call and cred. Our characters include Wolverine and Deadpool. So back to comics, and Wolverine wants some answers, which... Hey, Deadpool did promise there would be some exposition last issue, so let's head off to Flashback Land. Now, Wade, in this flashback, visits the Morth... Morth I was going to say Morth Hotel. No, it's the Morth Casino. Maybe there's a hotel attached. I don't know. He's in Las Vegas. He's there to visit his old friend Weasel. Now, Weasel is a character from back in the long ago, back when nobody cared about Deadpool. And, like, every single month it seemed like his book was going to be cancelled. Which, I guess, you know, the more things change, right? Uh, he is far more popular nowadays with the mainstream, of course. And yet, nobody really buys his books. Oh, well. Anyway, Wade goes to meet up with Weasel, and he bumps into Maverick on his way to the office. And they have a... Fairly odd scene here, where Wade tells Mav how pretty he is, like, over and over again. Like, uh, he's so pretty it should be illegal. Stuff like that. I'm not sure if I agree or disagree, but uh, we'll just move on. We get to Weasel's room, where the reunion between the two old pals is pretty chilly. You see, Weeze ain't the biggest fan of DP. Mine's out of the gutter. Uh, he references a story from the Spider-Man and Deadpool cash in I mean, wildly necessary ongoing series from a few years back wherein he had sold his soul to the devil in order to get revenge on Wade. But here, you see, money talks, and what Deadpool is here to present to Weasel could put a whole lot of it in his pocket. From here, it's an info page. Now, this is an itemized shopping list for Deadpool here, which, oh boy, it includes a copy of New Mutants number 98. Ha 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 ha. I bet you didn't know that that's Deadpool's first appearance. Ha ha ha. 
Um, it also includes a holographic image inducer of um, Jonathan Hickman on, an, on a unicycle. Ha 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 ha. Hmm. Circle jerking, not just for comic book podcasts anymore. Anyway, back to comics, and we are in the present, where Wade and Logan were being chased by a bunch of suits. It's revealed here that Deadpool's new image inducer gimmick is the sort that makes the baddies think they're still chasing them, when in reality, they have wonder-twinned into the shapes of trees and rocks. Or a tree and a rock, I should say. There's only one of each. Now, if I can paint you the picture here, um, we got in the foreground a tree and a rock, and that is Wade and Wolverine. In the background, we see the holographic images of Wade and Wolverine running away from these suits who are, you know, chasing them out of the scene. So, all's good in the hood, and uh, Wade says that he uh, thinks he just saved Krakoa from an international incident or something, and how that should probably get him a membership onto one of the X teams. Next up, an info page, and um, the still somehow alive, despite having been shot in the head, Dolores What's-Her-Face sends out a memo. In it, she reveals that the Wolverine hand from the Legacy House auction was robotic. It was a robot hand. And she deduced that danger is behind it. And danger, I mean, you know danger, right? That's that Joss Whedon character that uh, I think we X-Men content creators are contractually and ethically obligated to say is interesting because, of course, it is a Joss Whedon character. Oh, and there are some scribbled notes on this info page. It looks as though this was in the packet that Blind Al gave Deadpool last issue. Quite how she got her hands on it? Well, I really can't say. Maybe that'll be revealed later on. We get back to comics, and we see a fake-ass blackbird appearing in the sky. And of course, not not an actual bird, but the old X-Men jet. Uh, From this jet leap a whole bunch of Wolverine robots, and we can see that Danger is piloting the uh, rig here. Even though the last time we saw her, she was the Blackbird? Like she could transform into... I don't know. Anyway, from here, we get over a half dozen pages of Slice and Dice. Deadpool, during the Slice and Dice, delivers a bit of exposition, and he suggests that the CIA was going to use Danger's technology to create a bunch of X-Men dupes, just like the ones we saw scattered around the battlefield last issue. Now, these dupes could and probably would be used in anti-Krakoan missions, which would likely harm the actual X-Men's reputations. Now, Wade believes that his thwarting of the CIA's plans, again, should get him a spot on X-Force. Wolverine doesn't quite agree. Now, once all the bots are dealt with, Danger lands her fake-ass Blackbird and approaches Wolverine. Now, before they can either fight or fornicate, however, Deadpool teleports them away. And by them, I mean Wolverine and Deadpool, not, not Danger. Now, when asked why he did this, uh, we get a little bit of the breaking the fourth wall gimmick that totally isn't an overused and not quite as funny as they think trope at this point, where Deadpool explains to Logan that, uh, well, we're only two issues into this story, and uh, it's got to be dragged out a little bit longer than that. Now, unfortunately for the two, uh, Deadpool has somehow teleported them inside an adamantium cage. Whoops. Um... And before we move on here, hey, you, you all remember when adamantium was, like, one of the rarest metals in the universe? Yeah, me neither. Anyway, Maverick and Weasel show up outside the cage to, uh, you know, taunt and also swipe the briefcase, which is finally opened. Inside it, we can see a disassembled danger robot who is wearing a current-year-style Cerebro helmet. Pretty cool visual, but that is where we leave it. Next episode is our first installment of Axe Lapsed. We are talking all about the free comic book day special 
that'll be kicking off the big summer crossover event, Judgment Day. But for now, let's talk a little bit about this issue. And like I said at the start of the show, it's a, it's a Wolverine issue, which usually means two things. One, it's going to be fun and I'm going to enjoy it. But two, there really isn't going to be a whole heck of a lot to say about it. I do want to uh, give some credit where it's due here. I think Ben Percy does a pretty good Deadpool. Now, Deadpool, I don't think he's the easiest character to write. Well, maybe maybe that's not accurate. Maybe he's a very easy character to write. He's just not an easy character to write well. Like where it doesn't just evolve into like a Looney Tunes bit. Where I, I think we... I think during the King in Black we did... The, a couple of issues of Savage Avengers that tied into that storyline where Deadpool and Conan were teaming up. And Deadpool was basically Wile E. Coyote. And I, that's not really the direction I like to go with Deadpool. I like him to be a little bit more, um, well, I don't want to say real, because, I mean, he certainly isn't acting real here, but more human, I guess? Um... I don't know, and just less cartoony, a little bit more fleshed out, a little bit more three-dimensional uh, in as far as his uh, behavior and personality are concerned. And up to this point, I think Percy's done a really good job of uh, kind of straddling that line, where Deadpool is still comedic, but not, like, buffoonish. Not like a total cartoon character clown. He's someone that we can kind of sympathize with and, and even, in a way, root for. You know, we can see him as this outsider in the uh, Krakoan cabal and uh, really wanting to be a part of it, wanting to be a part of something bigger. And uh, maybe I'm just projecting my own damage onto Deadpool, but uh, he's a character that uh, is lent to that sort of a thing. But all that to say, I think Percy has a really good voice, a really good uh, handle on Deadpool, and I think uh, I think we're going to be seeing more of him in the Percy books here. I was looking at a... Uh, a solicit, not maybe not a solicit. It was just it was just an ad for uh, upcoming uh, Judgment Day tie-ins, and uh, there was one for X Force that says Deadpool joins. So maybe he's there for the crossover. Maybe he's there for good. Nah, either way, I mean I'm there for it. So that's uh, that'll be fun. And I think that's something we kind of forget, or we tend to forget, when it comes to uh, these high concept stories. That uh, you know, at the end of the day, things are supposed to be fun, <laughs> and uh, while the high concept stuff does bring with it a bit of fun in, you know, theorizing and in discussion. It can definitely veer into the realm of being, I don't know, maybe a little too satisfied with itself. <laughs> and uh, yeah, for me personally, these are, you know, Chris problems. That kind of, I can't say pulls me out of it, but it just makes it a little bit less enjoyable when I know that uh, the creators are kind of getting high off their own supply. But um I definitely had fun with this one. It's nice to be off Krakoa for a bit. And uh, the art here is, I mean, it's Adam Kubert. It's uh, phenomenal stuff. I think that's about all I got to say about this issue, at least off the top of my head. But uh, before we get out of here, let's hop into the mailbag for a brief chat with our friend Evan about Knights of X number one. Now, Evan says, I had a sense of deja vu reading this issue. So this is what Excalibur is supposed to be about. I had that feeling multiple times during the original run, like it was finally settling into some sort of status quo. But that never lasted for long. Hopefully this does. A status quo I know you're not pulling for to last more than five issues. And that's true. That's true. Um, and again, you know what? Perhaps I'm a little too harsh on our other world books. I am susceptible to that sort of thing uh, just as much as anyone else is. But um, 
I always try to preface my discussions of the books that take place in other world with my bias that these are just not my kind of stories. And one thing I've been, you know, cognizant of when discussing Knights of X is praising it for unabashedly being what it is, even if what it is isn't what I want it to be or want anything to be. Excalibur kind of walked the line between are we a fantasy book, are we an X-Men book, and it tried to do both and wound up doing neither. Whereas Knights of X is taking X-Men characters and putting them squarely into this fantasy environment and storyline, I still don't care for it. You know, it's still not my thing. But, um, you know, I'll hand it to them. They, they have their mission statement. They know what they want to do with the book. They know what they want to do with these characters. At least I think they do. And they're doing it maybe well. I mean, I can't really say because... If you give me the choice of reading this and just about anything else, I'm going to take anything else. So I can't say whether or not this is good or bad because, I mean, this could be the greatest, you know, uh, fantasy, medieval, role-playing type of a story ever told, and I'm still not going to dig it. You know, I'm still going to think that it's not uh, not what I'm looking for, not from an X-Men book and, and not from really any comic. Uh, outside of ElfQuest, I really have zero interest in this uh, sword and sorcery fantasy type of stuff here. Uh, Of course, we do know that this will be only five issues, um, though uh, Teeny Howard has promised that uh, Betsy Braddock's story will not be over at that point, to which I hope that if if Teeny does come back to do some uh, Betsy stories, that they don't take place in Otherworld. (laughs) I mean, there's more about this character to explore than... um, than the, you know, the Betsy Britton core. Let's get back to the real world here. Let's put uh, Betsy in some more mundane sort of uh, situations and stories. I think uh, Teeny Howard has a lot of talent when it comes to the interpersonal stuff. Um, You know, I've talked about those Warwolves issues uh, early on in Excalibur that I thought were really, really fun because it just had our characters being our characters and, and relating to each other and we can tell that we can tell just from these brief scenes of them chatting how deep their relationships were. And maybe I'm over romanticizing it. Maybe it's just too far a swing from the other world stuff to where it resonated with me more. But um, I think that there's a lot of uh, potential in future Betsy and you know Gambit and uh, the rest of the team stories if we just take them out of this odd, you know, otherworldly setting. Uh, Evan continues. I found it an enjoyable enough starting point. You make a good point about them not calling in Kylan until now, but really, how much help would he have been during X of Swords? I mean, it's not as though his primary weapons are... swords? Hmm. Well, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that's just one of those things we're not supposed to think about. Uh, thinking too hard about a lot of these things kind of uh, kind of ruins the experience, so we'll just uh, pretend that Kylan was otherwise otherworldly engaged (laughs) during that point in time. But uh, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on Knights of X and uh, also for facilitating me uh, kind of expanding on my own because um, I feel like with certain certain books we cover here, I do go into them uh, with that that chip on my shoulder. Like, I don't want to be reading this sort of a story. So I like having the opportunity to kind of... I don't want to say, you know, brush that under the rug or anything, but just expand upon it. Explain where I'm coming from and all the sort of baggage that I might have. Um, You know, the main gimmick of this program is that, 
you know, if you choose to listen to this show, you're getting my honest takes and my honest opinions, and I try to be as transparent as possible with, you know, where I come from as it pertains to any of these books. And uh, I feel like being upfront with that isn't really uh, an indictment on the quality of a book, just, you know, my own take on a book. So I'm not telling anybody don't buy Knights of X. Conversely, I'm also not telling anyone to run out and buy Knights of X. It's like, you guys know my tastes, you'll know if you if your tastes jive with mine, and maybe you can make up your own mind from there. But thanks again for writing in, Evan. I really, really appreciate hearing from you, and I would appreciate hearing from, uh, well, anybody. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, I would encourage you to write in. You can reach me many different ways. Uh, first up, the Twitter is Ace Comics. I'm not sure how much longer the Twitter is going to be around. I uh, I tend to let the Twitter get to me. I somehow have like 2,700 followers, and it turns out that zero of that 2,700 actually give half a damn about anything I do. So I kind of feel like I'm just embarrassing myself, putting stuff out there and just letting it sit. <laughs> and so I might be pulling myself out of that pretty quick here. Uh, either that or I'll just change course and... Hop onto Google Images and steal four pictures of famous covers and post them without any context, because that seems to get uh, all the traction on that platform. But uh, again, if you want to reach me, I'm there, Ace Comics. Uh, Instagram, 90sXmen. Uh, the email, uh, well, the email is still full of porn. Maybe I should just stop, you know, asking people to write in, period. <laughs> I don't know. Um, where else can you find me? Uh, the website, chrisisoninfiniteearths.com. The Facebook group, 90sXmen. Of course, the complete audio archives, chrisandrigid.podbean.com, available anywhere you find noise on the internet. But I think that's going to do it for today. I'd like to thank you all so much for choosing to spend a little bit of your time with me. And until next time, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya.